This morning's scripture reading comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 7, verses 8 through 17. Listen to the word of God. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When Pharaoh says to you, perform a wonder, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did as the Lord had commanded. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff, and they became snakes. But Aaron's staff swallowed up theirs. Still Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he is going out to the water. Stand by the river bank to meet him, and take in your hand the staff that was turned into a snake. Say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to say to you, Let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now you have not listened. Thus says the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. See with the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water that is in the Nile, and it shall be turned to blood. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Mark. Well, good morning, church. Uh, my name is Mark Montgomery. I'm also one of the pastors uh, here at Ebenezer. And um, even though Pastor Rob may tell you differently, I, I am not in second or fifth grade. <laughs> Sometimes I can grow a kind of beard out. And it's quite not spectacular. Anyway, that none of that is... Hey, I, I just want to welcome you. I'm glad that you're here. And I want to ask you a question. Have you ever uh, seen a puffer fish? Ever heard of one of those? Uh, you know, when they get all puffed up like this, they don't really look that cool. But uh, when they're, well, they do look actually pretty cool. They look really ridiculously funny, actually. Uh, but when they're normal size, they're actually kind of cute. But when they feel threatened, they'll suck in all this water and air and they will get puffed up. And you can see some of them, they have these spikes. Their skin gets hard. It's their defense mechanism. In fact, it's not just how intimidating that they look. They're actually pretty toxic. I was reading a puffer fish is so toxic, right? They have this toxin in them. It's 1,200 times more powerful uh, than cyanide. And there's no known antidote. I know. The more you know, guys. I'm just telling you. In fact, if you eat a puffer fish, they're so toxic that they could kill up to 30 adult humans with their toxin. So just in case you didn't know, don't eat them. Uh, maybe don't pet them. It's probably not a good idea. So anyway, now you know that, that about the puffer fish. But the irony of a puffer fish is their whole idea of defense is, is predicated on uh, a dare, right? I dare you to come and try to eat me. See what happens. Uh, I dare you to mess with me, and that's and if you eat me, then you will die, right? That's that's their whole defense mechanism that they become toxic to other fish around them. And the other thing that's true is when they finally get back to their normal shape and size, uh, it takes they lose so much oxygen as a part of the process of becoming a big puffed up puffer fish. Uh, it takes them over five hours to get back all of their oxygen and, and to do that again. Isn't that wild? You know, when I was thinking about that, it, 
the two things I learned about the puffer fish is being a puffer fish and getting all puffed up can wear you out and it can be toxic to the people around you. You know, isn't that what things like stubbornness and pride can do, right? We can get so puffed up like the puffer fish that uh, we can be toxic to the people around us. You know, when we look at uh, our hearts and we think about the puffer fish, whenever we get defensive, whenever we get to a place where we lean into stubbornness and pride, it can wear us out. We can be toxic to the people around us and our hearts can grow hard. And you know, the problem with that is hard hearts can prevent us from living into the freedom that God gives us through Jesus Christ. And freedom is exactly what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks in our series, Let My People Go. We've been looking at the first great story of freedom about how God used a guy like Moses, a stuttering sheep herder, and sent him out into Egypt to deliver his people out in the promised land. And they were in slavery and captivity in Egypt. In fact, the first week we looked at the story of Shifra and Pua, these two midwives who stood against Pharaoh and refused uh, to kill these uh, Israelite male children. In fact, they saved countless number of lives, including Moses. The next week we learned about the burning bush last week and that pivotal moment in Moses' life when he was isolated in fear in the desert and God came to him and called him out of that fear. And Moses had a choice. In fact, he had some objections about following God, but eventually he did. And God used him and used that freedom that Moses had to take him uh, to a place where he used him to deliver his people out of God's people out of slavery in Egypt. Here's why we're talking about all this. Because this first great story of freedom connects so well to the greatest story of freedom that we will ever find through Jesus Christ. But the hard reality of, of this story of freedom and our story of freedom is sometimes we don't just need freedom from the oppression of others, right? We don't just need freedom from the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Sometimes we need freedom from our hearts of stone, That over time, we've become so stubborn, so prideful that we refuse to listen to God's will in our lives. And and friends, uh, Mark Montgomery is one among you, okay? Uh, I have, uh, for many of us, we can find our hearts hardened. And it keeps us from living out of that freedom that God gives us. And friends, that's exactly what happened to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was stubborn, he was prideful, but... I'll be honest, he kind of had good reason. Pharaoh grew up in a, a culture that one day he, he knew that he would be a god. He grew up believing that he was a god, in fact, that he was the living incarnation of Osiris. And uh, the people of Egypt, it, their entire belief system was predicated on the idea that their pharaoh, their king, was a god. And so it was Pharaoh's responsibility to balance all truth, justice, and order. And that's kind of a heavy burden, to be honest with you. In fact, if I were to ask you, what would you need to be able to balance truth, justice, and order for all of the Egyptian people? What do you think you would need? Well, Pharaoh needed absolute power. And you know what? What made it difficult for him is when Moses came to him and said, hey, Pharaoh, uh, God told me to tell you, let my people go. You know what Pharaoh said? It's like, man, I didn't know what to do with these guys. I'm glad you finally showed up. Go ahead and take my take my slaves, right? That's not what Pharaoh said. No, Pharaoh was stubborn, and he was prideful, and Scripture says his heart hardened. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you 
My Bible's over here. I want to invite you to turn to Exodus chapter 7. We're going to be looking at 8 verse 17. And uh, if you have your Bible with you, I just want to free you up. If you have a pen, you can write in your Bibles. You can write in the margins. And if you have your phones, maybe your Bible's on there. But I want to invite you because this story is important. Because this cautionary tale of Pharaoh, although it may not seem like it, is relatable to us today because we not, may not think that we're a God, but we can all struggle with having a hard heart. Amen? In fact, uh, we're going to talk today about how to identify a hard heart in our life. More importantly, we're going to talk about the symptoms of a hard heart and the impact that stubbornness and pride can have in our lives when we get so puffed up that we're not only worn out, but we're toxic to the people around us. And we're going to uh, talk about how to better identify that. In fact, we're also going to talk about how to prevent against a hard heart and what that looks like. And finally, we're going to talk about the cure for a hard heart, which, friends, spoiler alert, the cure for a hard heart is to have faith in Jesus Christ and that through Jesus Christ our hearts will be softened. So we're going to look at the story between Pharaoh and Moses. And in verse 8, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a wonder, then you shall say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh and it'll become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did as the Lord had commanded. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials and it became a snake. You know what Pharaoh did? Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same by their secret arts. And you'll see verse 12 on the screen. And he goes on and says, Each one threw down his staff, and they became snakes. So now Pharaoh had all these snake staffs. But Aaron's staff swallowed up theirs. You, did you know that they had music back then and what song was playing? Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you know you can't. Oh, okay. that went better in my head. Yeah, all right. I like imagine that we would go to chorus and anyway, dancing, it'd be fun. I'm, I'm really sorry about that rabbit hole. But you know, I feel like for Pharaoh, he was like, you just have one snake staff? I got all these snake staffs. But then God's snake staff ate all of them. He was hungry. I feel like if I was Pharaoh in that moment, I might have thought, maybe I'm not a god. Or at least for just a second, I might take a breath and listen to what these guys are saying. They might be legit. I don't know. Maybe maybe let's see what happened. That's not what Pharaoh did. He was stubborn. He was prideful. Will you read the rest, uh, verse 13, the underlined part with me? Still, Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he would not listen to them. And that was a trick question because some of you kept reading. Uh, but you know, I'm going to be honest about Pharaoh. I kind of feel for the guy. Because he's experiencing what psychologists would call cognitive dissonance in this moment. Where the belief system that he was raised with and that he internalized as a child, that he was in fact a god, was now being challenged by the reality in front of him, which was the one true living god was there and challenging Pharaoh's authority. Pharaoh wasn't used to that. And so how do you match up your belief system and reality when they, when they collide? Well, you know, he could have just taken a breath. He could have listened to what Moses and Aaron had to say, but that's not what Pharaoh did. Pharaoh's heart hardened, 
It wore him out and it was toxic to the people around him because he refused to listen to God's call on his life. Friends, that can happen to us. You know, here's the truth. We don't have a Moses. We don't have an Aaron. In fact, it would be really cool, but we don't have a staff that turns into a snake. My point is, we don't have God speaking into our lives, articulating his call upon our lives in that way anymore. We don't. You know what we have to hear God's voice? We have scripture, God's word. If we want to get to know more about God, we have scripture to hear God's voice. You know what we have? We have prayer. We get to talk to the, to the very God, our Father in heaven, who created us. We have people around us who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who are speaking into our lives, helping us to better understand God's call in our lives. We have God speaking into us in a bunch of different ways. And, and don't forget, God, when we, through the power of the Holy Spirit, when we receive Jesus Christ in our hearts, God lives in us. And so we have God speaking into our lives in, in a number of ways. And, and here's what I would say. The most important thing we can do in this life is to be fully uh, aware and to do everything that we can on our end through Scripture, prayer, others, and the Holy Spirit at work through our lives to be ready and attentive and listening to God's calling upon our lives. And here's why. Because if we refuse to hear God's call in our lives, it may start off as a whisper, but eventually it's going to get loud. And if you've ever experienced that, when God gets loud in our lives, it doesn't always feel good. And so what I would invite us to do is to live in such a way where our hearts aren't hardened. Where instead of being stubborn or prideful when God has a call upon our lives that that we would take a breath, that we would listen. Because if we don't, we're going to find ourselves going down a path of destruction, not because God is smiting us, but because God has called us to a path of freedom. And if we don't follow down that path, well... The alternate path is only a path of destruction. And here's the hard truth. It doesn't just wear us out and destroy our lives. It can impact and destroy the lives of those we love around us. In the summer of 1986, there were two ships that collided off the Black Sea, in the Black Sea off the coast of Russia. Uh, these two ships collided uh, and hundreds of people lost their lives as they were thrown into the icy rivers and you know, the news of all this uh, darkened when the investigative reports revealed that uh, all this happened not because of technology failed the ships. Like it wasn't a radar malfunction. It wasn't fog or uh, their inability to understand that another ship was, was around them. No, all of these people lost their lives because of human stubbornness. Because these two ship captains who were fully aware of the other's presence refused to yield to the other. And as a result, when they finally came to their senses, it was too late. And it didn't just destroy the lives of the ship captains. It destroyed the lives of uh, hundreds whom they were responsible for. And many lost their lives through that incident. And friends, when we're all puffed up like the puffer fish with stubbornness and pride and we refuse to move out of the way because of a hard heart, it can lead us down a path of destruction for us and for those we love. And again, that's what happened to Pharaoh. Right? If you continue in our scripture this morning, we're looking at verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. 
He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he's going out to the river. Stand by at the riverbank to meet him and take in your hand the staff that was turned into a snake. Say to him, the Lord, the God of Hebrews, sent me to say to you, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now, you've not listened. In verse 17 is on the screen. Thus says the Lord, by this you shall know that I am the Lord. See, with the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water that is in the Nile. And will you read this last part with me? It shall be turned to blood. You know what Pharaoh says? Let my slaves go? Absolutely not. So God sends Moses to the Nile River, and here's what you need to know about the Nile. The reason the Egyptian culture existed was because the Nile brought life into this desert. It was the lifeblood for these folks. In fact, it was the breadbasket that fed an entire civilization, an army, an army of builders, and all of their slaves. The Nile was the lifeblood for the Egyptians, and whoever controlled the Nile had all the power. So what does God do? He says, Moses, I want you to tap your staff in the Nile right there, and then the waters turn to blood. Here's what God's doing. He's saying to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you're not a God and you're not in charge. I am and I'm in charge. And so God is showing Pharaoh just exactly who is in charge. But Pharaoh had a hard heart. He refused to take a breath. He refused to listen to God and he was too puffed up just like the puffer fish. And it didn't end well for Pharaoh and it didn't end well for the Egyptians. And friends, this story reminds us that it doesn't end well for us either when we have hard hearts and we refuse to listen to God's calling in our lives. Here's the thing I know, though. Most of us, in fact, I would bet all of us, don't think that we are a God called Osiris. Anybody have that problem? Nobody? Okay, just checking. All right, good, we're good. My point is that most of us, if not all of us, don't struggle with this idea that we are a God, but that's not the only way that leads to a hard heart. Sometimes we can have a hard heart because it started off broken or bruised and we've lost a little hope. Our hope has been diminished. And that through that, we've now become prideful and stubborn because we've we've become puffed up like the puffer fish, not because we think we're a God, but because we're defensive and we want to protect what's left of our heart. And friends, That's just as easy. Our hearts are just as susceptible in those moments of becoming hard. You know, I've not told a lot of people this, but one of the reasons that I moved from being a pastor at a church in Texas to becoming the campus minister at George Mason, if I'm being honest, is because I needed a break from serving in the local church. Uh, Now, let, let me be clear on this. When I was at George Mason, that was a dream job for me. Like, it was one of the uh, best opportunities I I could have ever had. I I prayed over that. I felt like that was God's calling in my life. In fact, as I look back, I'm certain that God called me to George Mason at that time. But but here's what I want to just share with you today. When I first started out as a pastor, I thought that I could change the world. It was all about me. I could change the world. So you know what I did? I went out and I took everybody's problems and I did everything that I could to try to fix those. And instead of listening to God's call upon my life, 
through scripture and prayer and, and others. I just wanted to find out what I could do to help others. And so what that ended up happening, what ended up happening to me is I, I got bruised. I got beaten up. I started to get burnt out. In fact, I was becoming angry and bitter. And all of a sudden I was puffed up like a puffer fish and I was super defensive. And it started impacting my relationships and my heart started to get hard. But, you know, it's by God's grace, God's grace working in two particular ways. One, through the Holy Spirit in my life, but two, through my wonderful wife, Melissa. My heart started to soften. In fact, while I was in campus ministry at George Mason, my heart softened immensely. In fact, when I received the phone call uh, to come to Ebenezer and I took a breath and listened to God's call, I'll be honest, I was a little bit fearful about coming back to the local church because I was afraid that I would make it all about me again. But but friends, I was willing to take a breath, I was willing to listen to God's call in my life. And, and I can tell you that, at least for me, I believe that that's exactly where God has called me to be. And friends, I know that many of you would agree that for you, this is exactly where God has called you to be. And so we need to listen. We need to be attuned to God's call in our lives because it turns out God's pretty smart. We need to pay attention. And I'm thankful to be here. But. I would ask, how do we avoid having a hardened heart? Do you ever notice what Moses' role was with Pharaoh? Was Moses the one who turned the stick, the staff into a snake? Did Moses do that? No. Was Moses the one that took the staff and turned the Nile into blood? No. What did Moses do really? I mean, let's be honest here, right? God had all the power stuff figured out. Moses, his only role was to be bold. Moses was bold. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be Moses and to go up to the most powerful man in Egypt and to say, hey man, I want you to stop what you're doing and God wants me to tell you, let my people go. Moses had to be bold. It took guts for Moses to do what he had to do, but he had to be willing to take a breath and to listen what God was calling him to do. And friends, the same is true for us. God doesn't call us to be the salvation of the world or, or of our friends. He's got that covered. What he wants us to do is to, uh, what he expects us to do is that when we hear his call on our lives, that we would accomplish the task with boldness so that his people may be set free. You know, the opposite of a hard heart is a soft heart. Opposite of a hard heart is a, a gentle heart, an open heart, an accepting heart. The opposite of a hard heart is a heart filled with the love of God. When we accept Jesus Christ in our lives, you know what happens? Our hearts are automatically softened because we're willing to take a breath and listen to God's call in our lives. And we do this thing when that happens. We surrender all of our life over to God. But you know what? It's really hard to do that. If we remain stubborn and prideful and remain puffed up and allow our hearts to remain hardened when we refuse to move, when we refuse to hear God's call in our lives. And I want to remind us that when we do that, when we remain having hard hearts, it wears us out and it's toxic to the people around us. I don't know if you all noticed, but we have fences in our sanctuary. You all see those? Uh, this week they say hard heart. What is it that's keeping you from listening to God's call in your life? Uh, during our, 
closing song following communion, I want to invite you to come up and I want you to grab one of these links. And I want you to write on the piece of paper attached to the link whatever it is in your life that you need to surrender over to God to keep you from having a hard heart. That you might give it away to God. Because friends, we've got to surrender all of what we've got over to God. Surrender all of our lives over to Jesus Christ because that's when the real freedom begins. It takes so much courage to have a gentle and a soft heart to every day surrender all that we have to a God who wants to set at liberty those who are oppressed. We must surrender all we have to Him because we are called to be agents of liberty. But we got to be all in. May we breathe in the breath of God. May we be humble. May we be bold. May we be ready to hear God's call of liberty and have the courage to follow Him out into the world. Because, friends, that's exactly where He wants us to be. And it may be unknown. It may be different. But God's call upon our lives is great because His love for us is greater. And His love for the world is so great that He wants us to be a part of His action of freedom out into the world. And He wants to use you and me to follow Him. But we have to be bold. We have to surrender all that we have to God so that we can truly follow Him where He leads and live out of the freedom He has for us. May we do that humbly and boldly.